Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Well, you know, we have a lot of tribute artists on. They're very good. Vegas has some of the very best. And we're going to bring you the cream of the crop, really one of the really fantastic ones. He does Neil Diamond, and you'd swear, not only does he look like Neil Diamond, but he sounds like Neil Diamond. And with Neil not performing anymore for health reasons, uh, you got to go. You got to see Rob Gary. He'll be doing this for a lot of years, but any chance you have to see him, he's going to be performing two shows as Neil Diamond for Arizona Charlie's anniversary celebration, which is a big deal. Arizona Charlie's is a cool place, and, uh, particularly if you live in Vegas, you know about it. And if you don't, make your plans. So let's talk about it. Rob Garrett, welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, it's got to be kind of exciting to go to Arizona Charlie's just simply because it's been around a while. It's it's really renowned around town, and I think uh, people that have come to visit should make the trip over there. It should be a lot of fun. Hello, it's good to talk to you again, uh, and um, thank you for having me on the show. And, uh, you know, it's funny because this is their 34th anniversary, Steve. I, I was actually living in town when they opened, I believe it was 88, and, uh, and, and, and I was living in that area. This will be my first time performing there, so not only am I performing there, it's going to be another first, is that uh, uh, because it is their anniversary, they've asked me to do something I've never done before, and that's performing two two-hour shows in one evening. Yeah, that's something. I almost think that kind of, you, you got to go in with a lot of rest and so forth. I mean, that's four hours of entertaining in one day. That's a big deal, right? I mean, it's something that, uh, like you said, you haven't done it. Most people won't do anymore. Even in the days of, uh, of old Vegas, when, you know, when I lived here and I used to go see uh, you know, pretty much every show that was in town, the, the most, uh, you know, I mean, obviously back then we had two shows. You had your 8 p.m. show and your, and your 8 p.m. dinner show and you had your midnight cocktail show. But even then, the average show, you know, because of the rules of the casino, were not, it wasn't any longer than 90 minutes. So now, now I'm doing two two-hour shows, so it's going to be a, a test and a challenge for me. Well, considering you do Neil Diamond, I got to think it's certainly worthy of two hours because you, you talk about a fantastic book of music. Boy, he's got everything, and, and you do it all, right, from the from the earliest days and the early stuff of the 60s on through today. Well, not today, but... Yeah, his last album came out, uh, I want to say, about five, yeah, about five years ago, and... Um, yeah, I mean, even in Neil's heyday, I mean, he would do long concerts. I mean, I think the longest concert he would ever do, again, once he, you know, when he was younger, would probably be 
upwards of three hours. And then, you know, as you got a little, maybe into middle age, it was two and a half hours. And then towards, you know, the is senior years, it would become even two hours. But he certainly didn't do two in, in the same evening. Well, okay, so, so tell us, Rob, I mean, are you kind of like kind of like running a marathon for a singer? Because that is a long time to be up there, and people, and anybody that's seen you knows you always deliver on every song, and it, it, so people expect that. Do you find, like, that you got to kind of really prep for that and do whatever preparation's necessary? Well, with something like this, absolutely, because it's, not, it's something I've never done before, and um uh, and, and people, people ask me this, uh, you know, they ask us, obviously the first thing they ask, have you done that before? I said, no. They said, can you do that? I go, we're going to find out. <laughs> that, that's, the that's the honest answer. But um, as far as prepping, we rehearsed that week, and I'll, I, I'll take care of myself, you know, meaning that I'll make sure I don't, you know, speak a lot, and then of course on the day of the show, I will bring you know my thermos with tea and right. uh, not talk between shows and and pace myself. That, that's pretty much as much as I'll do, and um, we'll see how it goes. Oh, they're going to love it. I, you know, in fact, I heard from a few people, some of our listeners sent in a thing that you had done, I guess, in January uh, down at the M Resort and Casino, which is another cool place. And you had b- big crowd and you did 90 minutes uh, with, with a big orchestra behind you. So that's kind of a good lead into this, huh? Actually, I did about 100 minutes. And, and, and that's doing 90 to 100 minutes. Uh, has been norm, has always been the norm for me. Always, um, uh, you know. I, here's the way I look at it. you know Neil Diamond in, in, in his later years. Even when I saw him at his last concert, which I did, he was doing two hours, and I said, "Well, all right, you know, if this guy at you know seventy eight, seventy nine can do two hours, and then I can do. I should be able to do an hour and forty minutes." And, and that's what we did at the end, and it was in the midst of uh, the Omicron resurgence. So I was a little nervous about what the turnout was going to be because the, the place, the pavilion, holds eighteen hundred people, but there, there were there were upwards, you know, there were between seventeen and eighteen hundred people in that room. And you're right, I did have I had seventeen pieces backing me up. So. That was a first as well. Yeah, was that? A, it's got to be fun, right? I mean, you can do a lot with your voice, but to have that behind you just—it's got to excite you, I would imagine. It, 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 it totally excited me. I mean, they—they they actually asked me. They actually requested of me to bring in an orchestra, so they—they uh, they kind of 
allowed me to do a perform a bucket list show because it was always one of my dreams to to do a show with you know live live streams. You know, I had a female, I had a female quartet. I had horn section. I had two percussionists. I had almost two of everything except for except for the bass player. I had two backup singers, but um. That that was one for the books. It was you know it was something I've never done before in Vegas, and um, playing to eighteen hundred people with with seventeen pieces backing me up. That, again, that's something I'll never forget. And I'm, I'm thankful to the M Resort for giving me that opportunity. That's another great facility, and I think Arizona Charlie's is what a great way for them to celebrate their anniversary. I want to talk a little, in case people, you've been on the show a few times, but I want to let them know again, you grew up, what, in Brooklyn, uh, in, in Queens, uh, like uh, Neil Diamond did. When did you decide, or what was the moment where, like, wow, I love this guy's music, and I can think that, because you kind of ded- have dedicated your life to it, and I think it's it's incredible, because... It reminds people kind of how powerful Neil Diamond is. And his music, I find, is kind of interesting. It doesn't fit a particular genre. It can be played in a, you know, from somebody who's worked in radio all their lives. A lot of different types of stations can play Neil Diamond music, which I, I think is a tribute to him. That is absolutely, absolutely true. And in and, and, and a similar way where, you know, uh, even though Elvis is you know, the king of rock, you know, Elvis sang everything. And so... And, and Neil wrote and sang um, all types of music. So I was, I was always a fan since a little boy, um, you know, since here in Sweet Carolina as a lo- very little kid. And, um, of course, at that time, I had no idea I was going to be doing what I'm doing. But um, I, can't, I moved to Vegas in 74 with my parents moved us from New York, as you said. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens. And... Uh, I just knew, even at a very, very, very young age, not that I wanted to be Neil Diamond, but I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a musician. I learned how to play guitar at 14, and now I was living in Vegas, and I was enraptured by the entertainment, not so much the gambling, but uh, I, I was taken in by the entertainment and all the, you know, all the great entertainment we had there. And for starting in 1980, I formed my own uh, band. I mean, my own cover band, and we did, you know, we were fairly successful. It was called uh, Rock and Roll Heaven, and we worked, you know, we started out in dingy bars and went to nicer bars and then to clubs and then to lounges and then even occasionally picked up a show. So we did, we got to travel to London and all, so we did things most cover bands didn't do. But along, uh, during those years, along, along the time I was performing, you know, the 15 years in Rock and Roll Heaven, um, I did a lot of Neil Diamond stuff because he was one of my um, musical musical idols, if you will. So anytime I w- my thing was that when I did a song, because we, we specialized in 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s music. And uh, when, when I when I did a song by somebody, I would try um, at least to the best of my ability to try to make it sound like that person. And um, when we came to Neil, when it came to Neil Diamond, it caught a lot of attention. And for years and years and years, I heard, um, gosh, you know, Rob, you know, when you do the Alignment songs, you sound just like him. Uh, I don't understand why you're not trying out or uh, auditioning for Legends in Concert. And I heard that for many years, including the, my friends that worked in Legends in Concert. They would come watch them. So I, I guess after 15 years, when I felt 
in Las Vegas that pretty much you know accomplished everything you can with a cover band. Um, I just made the decision, you know, basically for a uh, for monetary reasons because I knew, you know, and uh, the tribute acts got paid better than being a typical, you know, band guy. So um, I I auditioned for the one in Vegas, and at the time the producer would would not give me the time of day, you know, and, and um, to get an audition. But I remember my friend, uh, my buddy Jonathan Bombrano, who was you know, one of the first Elvis's in Legends of Concert in 83 when it first opened, he was now transferred over to the Legends of Concert in Hawaii, you know, because they had shows, as you know, you know, all over the country, a few of them. So I sent him a video, and he said, hey, you know, I didn't even know you did any of them. And I said, well, I, neither did I, but it's, I'm going to try it. And, and he took it to the boss, who happened to be Paul Revere of, of the Raiders. Uh, he was he was part owner of the show in Hawaii, only only the show in Hawaii, and he was also the production manager and director. So uh, my, at the time they weren't ready to hire. I thought I was getting brushed off. Uh, long story short, they um, Paul Revere called me about nine months later and said, uh, uh, "Rob, you know Paul Revere, he's called me from Hawaii. So then we love the video, and um, but we weren't ready to hire not, you know back then, but we are now and." We've had the Neil Diamond Act on a show before, so I'm coming to Vegas to do a show at the Showboat. I don't know if you remember that place. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yep, and he said, uh, I'd like to audition you one-on-one, if you could set that up for me. And me and my band were playing at a club, uh, an obscure club that's not even around anymore at that particular time. And I set up an afternoon rehearsal, and he auditioned me one-on-one. All I was saying, I think it's like four songs to track. And, uh, you know, all I had, because it was the afternoon, were a few friends from World Support that showed up. And he watched me, and I could see him smiling, and I'm thinking, oh, like, this is a good sign, he's smiling. And then um, he came up to me, and he said, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and I'll never forget these words from Paul Revere. He said, what you just did is one of the hardest things any entertainer can do. And I, I actually knew what he meant. And he said, you just audition for me one-on-one with no band, no audience, and he did a great job. So he said, how do you feel about coming to Hawaii for a few months? And obviously that was not a tough uh, yes. question to respond to. And um, I ended up being there three years. So, and then, and then of course, when I came back after three years, I worked a little bit for the, Legends in concert here in Vegas and all, all over the country. But that that's what got him started. And I, I, I always, but I, but I always was a real Island fan. You know what I, I'm i impressed with, and I think people don't realize, there are people all over the country that will sing different songs. They do kind of like 
really their impressions, and that's fine. You know, it can be entertaining. But what you do, and, and really what some of these really great uh, tribute artists do, is you dive into it. I mean, you you got to make these people feel like they're seeing Neil Diamond, and you definitely do that. And, and I'm thinking there's a lot of pressure on because there's all that different type of music that we talked about before that Neil Diamond sings. And you've got to constantly, I would imagine, you got to constantly study that. You, you, you want to give them that experience. And f- to be as successful as you have, you have to sell that. Absolutely. And I even want to add that, uh, and I'm not saying every tribute artist does this. Uh, I don't even think most do it, but uh, they probably should. But, but um, I, when I got that job, when Paul gave me that job, you know, when I was going to Hawaii, I knew I wanted to make him, you know, uh, proud of me. He became my boss, my mentor, my friend. So he was giving me a big break, you know, like, you know, as far as the opportunity of a lifetime, as far as I was concerned. So I, maybe a little unnaturally, you know, started uh, watching every video um, I, I mean, at that time, eBay had, was a new thing, but it was around. And I was buying pirate videos and bootleg videos. And I was listening to obscure recordings and pirate recordings. And even when I went to Legends and I got this job, you know, I would go to rehearsal um, for addressing that uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half before everybody else. Because it had, it had one of those combination, uh, those little TV VCR units. So... You know, and um, I, you know, and I or, or DVD units, and I start while I was getting ready, just studying him, every mannerism, every little nuance, every vocal inflection. And again, I don't know that I'm pretty sure every tribute artist doesn't do that. But listen, I, I did it no differently. The way I look at it is, I did it no differently than someone like. Um, Let's say like Jimmy Fox taking on the role right. of Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Okay, um, any any accomplished actor that that takes on that role, or the new guy that's going to be Elvis in June, Oscar Butler, you know, or or the, or Rami, I forget his last name, the guy that did Prince. Um, they, they they don't do anything different than I would. They they just become enwrapped, engulfed by their character, and uh, and they study them, you know, twenty four seven. And, and that's what I did. With yeah. Well, you kind of like we did with Dan- Daniel Day Lewis did with Lincoln, where you, you exactly. kind of become him, you know. Exactly. The, the only difference was with, and and that that's a good analogy. But the only difference was, from what I understand, Daniel Day Lewis stayed in character even when he, <laughs> even when he wasn't being, you know, I'm sorry, when he wasn't being Abraham Lincoln, which is something obviously I did not do. Yeah. But, uh, but 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 I will say I probably went to the extent. Uh, uh, researching my character and uh, and dissecting my character and studying my character in the same sense he did. Well, it, it, what's interesting about that too is uh, a lot of people might think, because you know, I know Neil Diamond put out a couple of live albums or what have you over time. A, a lot of them. Well, yeah, and, and you, you've yeah. studied that, but you're like getting these little, uh, all these different concerts and stuff, and I, I would imagine that's kind of a good way to really get a feel for him because maybe he doesn't sing each song exactly the same way each time, and it's kind of cool for you to see it and go, okay, what, you know, what are the similarities? Do I want to change that? Did you find any of that while you were doing this? As you got older, did it change or how? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I have to know that I saw him 17 times in concert. So, uh, and then, of course, uh, and I saw him when he opened the Alamo Theater for the Performing Arts. I went with my mom in, it was in July of 76, which was our bicentennial weekend. And um, that, that was the first time he ever played Vegas. So I went as a little kid and, and, and watched him, you know, and at that time I had seen Elvis maybe 21 times. And, um, and you know, to me, nobody could touch Elvis, nobody. But I, I'm going to say this. It's the first time I see it on Neil Diamond at the Atlanta Theater for the Performing Arts. I, I watched him. I said, all right, this guy, as far as being a performer and a charismatic and uh, just a fantastic high-energy performer, he came pretty damn close. Yeah. And um, so, so I watched him over the years and started. I, I started realizing that after probably the first three or four times to watch him. Now, it's, and by the way, same thing with Elvis. First, after the first three or four times watching them, I was now more observing and studying them. And, and with Neil Diamond, it was stuff studying him to see what I could add to my show. I do mean, uh, you mentioned that. I happen to uh, personally prefer his live, in most cases, his live concert versions so I watched what he said and how he set up songs and and yeah I used him you know to I watched him and got ideas and formed my own ideas and sometimes I would do something and maybe maybe it was a variation of two different uh, live versions because you're right he never did anything exactly the same twice so I you know, and I was a musician too so take that into consideration that. So I, I watched him from a, a musical point of view and said, all right, I, I like what he does in this song, but I also like what he does in this song, so I'm going to kind of, you know, you know put, put that together musically in the arrangement. And, and, but, yeah, definitely over the years I have studied, watched him and studied him and, take, and taken notes. Where is this city want you? When they know they have you, then they really have you. Nothing you can do or say, you've got to leave. Well, you know what's interesting? Back in the day, I was a, uh, in my earliest days, right when I was in college, I went to, and I, I worked at a radio station that did classic rock before it was classic. That <laughs> was really going on. So, I never saw Neil Diamond in those early days, but I remember going around to some of these concerts, you know, and you're sitting there in the press thing, and all of a sudden, you know, you see like Led Zeppelin and groups like that, and it, they would all say like in conversation that Neil Diamond was one of the best live acts. I was like, wow, I wanted to ask you based on that and so forth, the success of Sweet Caroline and the fact that they played in like baseball stadiums, hockey stadiums, you know, you name it, they play them in baseball, uh, in all different sports. Do you think in a way it almost kind of hides the fact of really how good Neil Diamond is? Because if people just know him from that, that's a nice song, everybody likes it. But he was way more uh, diverse than that song. You know, that was just one of many. Yeah, it's it's true. And, and, and he's fortunate that, I mean, when he wrote Sweet Caroline, I never 
I'm I'm sure you never had even a clue that it was going to become you know the the phenomenon that it has, where every age group, you know, kids in their twenties and everybody in the universe knows that song. So you didn't know that that this song was going to become the most popular single sing along song in today's world. But Neil Diamond. You said it earlier, has, has, has written every type of song. And I remember growing up, it wasn't cool to like Neil Diamond. And, 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 and I did listen to Led Zeppelin and, and the Rolling Stones and Grand Funk Railroad or Grateful Dead, whatever. But what's happened in the last you know, 15, 20 years that Neil Diamond has been, become cool. You know, so now if you're talking to a Zeppelin fan, because, uh, and I have, they, they'll, they'll get on their knees and bow to him, you know, and, and, and look, look, he's one of the biggest selling artists in the history of music. The, that, that's a fact. He's outsold Zeppelin. You know, he's outsold Dylan. He's outsold Springsteen. Um, and, but, and so there's that respect there. And he's, he's written and recorded rock. We know that. He's written and recorded country. We know that. He's written and recorded gospel, pop, you know, uh, stuff. He's done. He's done it all, and and he, that's why today uh, there's a there's a renewed not just today. But I'm going on for the last ten fifteen years. There was a renewed interest in him, and as far as the music critics go, you know whether it's Rolling Stone or, or whoever, they 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 can't give him enough accolades and enough praise. And now he's you know he's earned his right. He's he's earned his place in music. And he's and is rightfully he's gotten his due, which took a long, long time. Even with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it took them way too long to put him in it. Um, they put him in in 2011, you know, and um, they probably would be the first. They probably be the first to say it took us way too, way too long to put this guy in here. This guy's a phenomenon, you know. And 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 I don't see any foresee any uh, interest in his music dying down at least. At least not in mine in your lifetime, anyway. Um, people love him. They yep. just love him. You know that. Let me ask you one last question, then. It's not fair to ask you quite really what's your favorite song, but do you have a favorite song to perform? Is there one song, boy, you know, if I could only perform one song, if I was in some place and they said one song, what would that be? Okay, there's going to be two, two answers to that, because um, my favorite song... Um, the, I do have a favorite song, by the way, um, at, at least out of the hits, because there, there are some of his obscure ones that I like as much or maybe even better. But as, as far as the well-known hits go, um, my favorite song is I Am, I Said. Uh, and as a little kid uh, hearing that on the AM radio with, you know, driving around with mom and dad, um, the words to me were just, uh, by the way, that's one of the geniuses of Neil Diamond is that he wrote stuff that the average Joe, he wrote something that everybody, at least one or two songs, we can all relate to. We all think he's talking about us, and that's his genius. But, okay, so all I said is my favorite song to perform. But you asked if you went somewhere and they said, um, okay, you have to sing one Neil Diamond song, you know, what, you know what's it going to be? Well, and that, and that, that has a different answer, because it, if I, I went somewhere and I had to sing one Neil Diamond, when I excuse me, one Neil Diamond song, it wouldn't be "I Am I Said." Obviously, I'm going to sing uh, the song that 
most people know. So it's going to be Sweet Caroline or America. Yeah. And and as much as I love those two songs, they're, they're not going to, for America maybe, but um, they're not going to be in my top five. Yeah. You know, one song I always thought was great was the uh, Brothers Traveling Show, you know? Because he he brought in a topic, you know, there's the old tent revivals. He made it interesting to people that never thought of one, never knew about one. And I, I always thought that was really it. You know, he, he painted a picture of, of something that you're not really familiar with. Yeah, he, he did, and I bet you didn't know that uh, for the bulk of Neil Diamond's concerts over the years, that was his closing number. Um, that, was, uh, that was his traditional closing number. And it got a boost. With um, I got a big boost with uh, once a once a time in Hollywood the movie because mm-hmm. um, it's in the movie and they actually play it in its entirety and, um, and it's a long song and and I, and I don't do I never close my show with it I, I I always close with America by the way but it's usually the song that precedes America and it gets everyone all wild up because he he screams that. That sermon, you know, when I, when I say the sermon, he screams out that sermon, and, you know, and brothers and sisters, and this and that, and, yeah. you know, and, and, and you're right, no one's ever sang a song like that, and, and, he, and he keeps it like a gospelish rock, in a gospelish rock kind of frame. Yeah. So it, it's a great song. Great, great song. He has great songs, and nobody sings them better. Rob Garrett, you got to see him. Thank He's you. at two shows on April the 30th. What are the times of those shows, Rob? Uh, the time of the shows are a little different than the old days when it used to be. The old days used to be an 8 p.m. dinner show and a midnight cocktail show, and of course, those days are long gone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this will just this will just give you an idea of the way things are these days. Uh, my shows were at 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, and, and, and let me tell you, somebody who's been around a while, the five o'clock, they both sound good, but the five o'clock show particularly sounds good because That's I'll be funny. Home. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But really, you know, because we discussed it, you know, uh, I mean, Arizona Trail is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a little smaller of a place than I normally would play up because the room, the, the, the naughty lady's saloon, uh, holds, you know, Quite not as much, less than 200 people. So, hence the reason we're doing two shows. And I mean, remember, I just came from doing 1,800 people yeah. at the end. So, the, so, and they knew that. And I'm pretty sure that might have had something to do with the asking me to do their anniversary. So, what I'm doing, by the way, is I'm, each show is like is formatted like this. Um, they're two-hour shows, but it's I'm doing an hour. And then there's an intermission, uh, and I change costumes, leave the intermission 15, 20 minutes, and then I come back and do, and I do my second hour. And then at 8 o'clock, I repeat the exact same thing. Sing a song. Sing. Sing a song of song. Sing it out. Right. 
It's you know, and you know, you, you talk about a smaller audience, but it's a real opportunity for people to see you in a smaller venue. You know, I, I think it's it's another reason to go out there because usually you play bigger rooms, so I think that's kind of exciting too for people. I, I, I'm very, I'm very, very excited. Here's another thing: because of because it is their anniversary, um, they refuse to to uh, to charge people for tickets, so it's free. You're kidding, and, oh boy. <laughs> no, it, it, it's free. It's kind of like their anniversary. I was on the Charlie's gift <clears throat> to their public. So seats are on a first come, first serve basis. Um, they're not designated, so... Well, we're excited about this. And by the way, you should follow Rob on... Uh www.neildiamondtributes. That's what you gotta remember. Neildiamondtribute.net, not .com, .net. So uh, we should follow you all the time because you play uh, in Vegas quite a bit and we want to see you. Rob, thank you so much. Best of luck there at Arizona Charlie's and uh, we'll talk to you again. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs>